Texas Hold'em is my favourite form of poker. Unlike the version I played as a student, seven cards stud high-low, the swings in fortunes are manageable to be sociable. That is, up to the point where it is late and the one behind realises that they are the patsy, gets desperate and throws caution to the wind. There is a saying in poker that if after 10 minutes at the poker table you do not know who the patsy is, then you are the patsy. The finance equivalent is if you don't know who the fool is in a room full of bankers, dealmakers and media bigs, it's you. A key feature of both Texas Hold'em and the seven card stud version is the existence of community cards. The combination of the community cards that everyone can see and the ones that are private to each player drives the concept of asynchronous information. Asynchronous information drives the high volume of transactions amongst dealers in antiques. The portion of deals with a member of the public is tiny. The reason for this feature is because the market for antiques is fragmented with highly opaque price discovery. The only way to discover where the market should price certain antiques is to be a frequent trader. The accumulated knowledge from a high volume of private transactions constitutes asynchronous information for the dealer. Dealers in less liquid markets such as emerging market debt and derivatives follows the same asynchronous behaviour. By the way, the finance world is not devoid of a touch of humour. Uh, traders call basic derivatives plain vanilla, as in the ice cream. Players name more complex products, exotic or hybrid, but not tutti-frutti. Oh well. Options come in two forms, American and European, for historical reasons. Though there is a third version that sits between the two and is naturally called, yes, you guessed it, Bermudan. Ta-da! The trade that closely fits a Texas Hold'em round is called a block trade. A usually long-term significant holder of a company stock, generally around 5%, will struggle, struggle to sell such a volume on the exchange without spooking the market. Although most exchanges are now order-driven and facilitate enormous volumes, it does not follow they are liquid for the purposes of trading in size. Most liquidity comes from algorithms built by clever clogs that we ignored at Freshers' Week. Algos execute millions of trades a day, clipping tiny profits that accumulate to pay for the arms race that is technology. As with all models, they go wrong creating short-term flash crashes that wipe billions of stock market valuation in a fraction of a second. A common feature of algos is that they pull their order at the first sniff of a large trade. Liquidity is a cool mistress and is never there when you most need it. The client contracts, contacts several banks before the market opens for an RFP or request for a price. The banks, together, banks bring together their sales and trading team to quickly build a book of interested buyers who are also happy to trade in size. The adrenaline is flowing as the banks make a price at a discount to yesterday's close, reflecting how much they can sell before the open. The traders take the residual position and sell them into the market in the hope they do not push the price down too far. This is pure asynchronous information trading. The competing banks have the same information from the RFP, but their distribution capability and their risk appetite to where the loss is when it goes wrong is private. 
When a bank wins the trade and immediately sells to the clients, the profits can be high and instant. More importantly, they gain a reputation from both the corporate clients and large investors that they are the centre of liquidity and have all the coonies to pull it off. When they're left holding a toxic pile of excrement, everyone is sympathetic and makes them a laughing stock.